to season two of the Deep Work Podcast with Anthony Lucarini. My name is Anthony Lucarini, and it's so good to be back with you guys. Season one was phenomenal. I just pray that it blessed your life big time. Um, if you have not gone back to listen to Five Keys of Longevity with John Brown, we did that over New Year's. You need to go check that out. But hey, it's season two. It's a new year, new us. And uh, this year, we've got Noah Heron jumping on. What's up, Noah? Hey, Anthony. Honored to be here, man. Excited. This podcast is uh, incredible. I feel lucky to be on, man. Dude, it's good to have you on. Seriously, you've been super uh, just influential in my life. So getting to pick your brain a little bit and getting to share that, uh, man, is what I'm excited for today. So if you could give us three facts about Noah Heron. <laughs> three facts about Noah Heron. Uh, number one, I'm obsessed with dad jokes. I try to pride myself <laughs> on uh, being ahead of the curve when it comes to dad jokes, finding, creating original content uh, when Mm -hmm. it comes to dad jokes. Uh, Number two is that um, I'm married and we love to play board games. I'm a big big board game fan. I I kind of sound, I definitely am making myself sound older than I am uh, with the first two facts. Number three, this is going to put the nail in the coffin. I love to golf, Anthony. I love to golf. (laughs) Heck yeah. Now I got to ask what, what board games are you on right now? Oh man, we um there's this game called Monopoly Deal. Have you heard of it? I've heard of Monopoly, but not the second Yeah, part. yeah. So you know how Monopoly takes forever to play and, and yeah. you very rarely finish the game? Well, this is Monopoly in card form and it's much faster, but it's also a little bit different. It's it's very fun, especially I think you have to it's like a two to four person game. So me and my wife get really competitive. We play all the time. It's great. Check it out. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Dude, we got into, I think it was throwing burritos or flying burritos, something like that. Essentially it's spoons. Once you collect three of like this, like there's certain cards, one of them's like war and everybody has to pick up these two burritos and hit somebody. It gets insane. That's been, that sounds amazing. I don't even know if that counts as a board game. Honestly, that turns into dodgeball <laughs> is what that is. <laughs> but That's heck incredible. yeah, dude. <laughs> so Noah, you're out in Atlanta. You are at neighborhood church. Um, yeah. Tell me about that. You guys just did a little rebranding out there recently. How's that been? Yeah. So it's been awesome. Uh, my parents um, pastor the church. They're, they're the lead pastors here. And we came out in the middle of the pandemic, uh, kind of in the May, April time period. Um, and my wife and I, we, we travel a lot and, and do like evangelism and stuff like that. So our role here, um, kind of took into account for that. We were going to help, uh, teach once a month on Sundays for my parents. And then also start a young adult ministry here yeah. in Atlanta. And so, uh, we kind of took it slow in that regard, but 2021, about to uh, about to launch this this new young adult ministry and Let's go. Uh, just loving the church, loving the area. It, it's it's been a really good time. Heck yeah! And then uh, before this, you were out in Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, yeah. Did you you went to Lee University, right? I did. Yeah, I did. Heck yeah! So we were actually somewhat of rivals. It wasn't much of a rivalry. Rivalry. I was out at Bryan College out there in Tennessee. Um, yeah. We were the lesser known of the Christian schools out in that area. You guys were the big dogs. <laughs> um, I went there when I wanted to have a. a a more fun college experience because you guys brought in like Andy Minio and KB and you yeah. know, had all the concerts and events. So I, I'm still curious if our like Pats didn't, you know, cross once or twice at, at one of those shows or something like that up there. But, Dude, they uh, probably did. Cause I, that was like, anytime they'd bring someone in, man, I was the guy who would wait like an hour and a half before yeah. it, 
before it started so I could get the good seats, man. You, you probably just <laughs> didn't recognize me because I was up right. there just, you know, mosh pitting and all that stuff. So, <laughs> Oh, heck yeah. We need to go look through uh, pictures we took at those concerts and figure out where we were at. There we Crazy go. though. Heck yeah. So dude, okay, you're a pastor. You have a podcast called All of Our Ways. You are an author of a book called Viral Jesus. We just did a giveaway recently. Um, so shout out to our winners of that. Um, man, your, your social media platform is incredible. You use that so well to minister to people, to share the gospel, to provide, you know, hope through the message of Jesus. And, um, on top of that, you're traveling a ton. So we were talking the other day and, and man, I'm sure this question gets asked a lot, but how do you do that? How do you manage that so well? How do you do everything with, with excellence in all of those different, mm. uh, changing roles? Mm. Dude, I, I, um, this is something that is really near uh, to my heart. I'm passionate about it. And so what I'm about to say is less of a, um, hey, this is the way to do it. And more of a, I'm terrified to do it any other way kind of <laughs> yeah. a thing. And um, it's that I think Jesus, when he was in his three-year ministry run, um, the way that he lived his life was, was always the same, you know, when he was preaching to a large crowd, which only happened three times, but we kind of picture him as this guy who did that, like all the time. Um, he was one way when he was with the disciples, he was the same way, you know, when mm -hmm. he was making a table, uh, as a carpenter, he was the same way. And I really think that the only way you can be that way is, um, when you're behind the scenes, life is so much deeper than everything that everyone else gets to be around. And so I take that really serious because I don't want someone to leave a conversation with me and go, oh, that was different than when I heard him on stage. Or, wow. you know, he gave me different vibes um, in the green room than he did when we were at coffee or, or whatever it is. Uh, and so I really do think that the only way to do that is to protect that time that you have with the Lord, make it your first priority. I know that, that kind of sounds cheesy or, or whatever, but I, I think that that is a huge reason we've seen um, so much happen in the church in the past year, as far as moral failures and, mm. um, you know, church, whole churches being brought down because of it. I think it's just a simple uh, loss of priority on that time. Dude, there is a phrase that I've got on my board right in front of me. And as you were talking, I was like, oh man, this, this is it right here. It's by William Barclay. And it says, men judge a message by the life and character of the one who brings it. Man, it's, mm. not, it's not the words you bring. It's the life that you bring, especially somebody who gets to travel and speak, man. They, mm. These students or these people that are hearing you as you're traveling to these different locations, man, like it's not just your message. It's the message that you're, you're giving as you're sitting with the individual, as you're, mm. you know, with the leaders beforehand, as you're, um, you know, sitting down to dinner with the pastors who brought you in, man, it's, I, I yeah. think you're spot on. And man, this is why you're on this podcast. Honestly, we call it, you know, this is the deep work podcast. And literally the question that we're asking is what are you doing privately? That's setting you up for success publicly. Mm. And, mm. um, man, I, I think you emulate that so well. Um, and I think what you're saying just, just drives that home where it's meant, what are we doing privately? So I'd love to hear, man, what yeah. does that private time look like? Oh, dude, you're going to get me all fired up right here. Oh, let's um, go. You know, I, I think in the past, uh, maybe five to 10 years, the word religion has become this very negative word. Uh, I remember Jeff Jefferson Bethke came out with the, uh, 
Jesus is greater than religion video, which was amazing. I'm a big fan of his work. Um, and that video kind of went viral and everybody started talking about, you know, uh, it's a relationship, not a religion. And it absolutely is. But I think that now 2021 in the church, a lot of times we use religion as the scapegoat for why we have no spiritual disciplines. Um, and so we go, Hey, you know, I reading your Bible every day is great, but I have a relationship with Jesus. So I don't really need to do that. You know, um, spending daily time in prayer is great, but don't, look at it as something that you have to do because that's religious, you know? And so what we do is we, we make excuses for why we don't have spiritual discipline. And I really think that a mature follower of Jesus, they know that I don't need to do those things to be saved, but they know I need to do those things to have the intimate relationship that I'm looking for. Um, You know, think about you're married, Anthony. I'm married. We're both kind of newly married um, in the past couple of years. And uh, I want a good relationship with my wife. I don't just get married to her and then stop spending time with her, stop doing things that I know mean a lot to her. Stop. You know, there's no other relationship where you can spend no time, you know, invest nothing that takes sacrifice, none of those, and expect positive results. And yet we try to do it with Jesus. And so uh, spiritual disciplines for me, it's daily time in the word. It's daily time in prayer. It's daily time in silence after prayer. Uh, You know, a lot of times our prayer lives, it's just yelling at God, or it kind of works like a megaphone where we do all the talking and we never switch over to the telephone and listen. And so um, those three things, it's every day. It's, I'm not going to miss it. It's not because um, I have to, I feel like I need to, if I don't have that, what is my life going to look like? You know, I I don't want to miss out on that. That's my prize, you know? So I don't know. I'll I'll keep going if you don't tell me to shut up. So dude, I want you to keep going. I want to keep listening. But man, I was totally guilty of that back in the day, back in college. Uh, not to mm. say that I'm not ever that I'm, I've got this all down right now. But back mm. in college, um, you know, I, there was some theology nerds and, you know, they love studying and diving deep. And I'm like, man, but I, I you know, I know Jesus, though. Like, you know, like I, I don't need to be an expert in theology because I know Jesus. <laughs> and now, like now I have a master's degree in theology. It, clearly things have switched mm. around. That's not to brag. That's just saying like, I love theology now because I've realized the more that I dive into the word, the more that I begin to understand the character and who God is, the more that I know him, uh, the more intimately that I know him. That's like, just like on these, you know, this uh, analogy that you brought up with, we're we're married, man. If we just, if we just follow our our wives around for a long time, we can learn a little bit about them. But as we sit down to dinner, as we yeah. you know, intentionally spend time and ask the deep questions and really get to understand, you know, what they love and what they really dislike and what makes them mad. And like, <laughs> do I push your buttons. Like that's when a relationship and intimacy goes so deep. So the same yeah. thing, you know, that God has given us in marriage, that is a type, that is a picture for us to see what it's supposed to look like between us and, totally. and our savior. So dude, dude, go off on that, man. If you, if you have more to say, let's keep going on that. <laughs> I just, I just think, um, you know, there's always been this kind of two sides of the aisle split when it comes to the church. And it really goes back to, uh, truth and grace. You know, you've got the one camp that leans more towards grace. You've got another camp that leads more towards truth. 
and what made Jesus so uh, one of the things that made Jesus so unique and stand out is that he was able to split the difference so well. Um, and I think there's this negative view uh, from both sides towards the other. And, and here's the thing. It's grace um, is not the enemy of effort, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the enemy of earning. Dallas Willard said that in one of his books. Um, it, it's the enemy of earning. So what he's saying there is that just because I have grace doesn't mean that I shouldn't also have effort. And so, you know, we've heard tons of, of people preach like it's by the grace of God only. Yes, it is. Salvation is by the grace of God only. But the intimate relationship yeah. is going from that grace and mm-hmm. adding some effort onto afterward, afterwards and going deeper in God through spiritual disciplines, through um, being a part of a local church, through the encouragement of uh, disciples around you. You know, if, if Jesus needed all of those things, how much more do we need those things? Yeah, you know, but we yeah. just dismiss it as if like, it's just done, you know, uh, we're changed eternally, but we don't care about changing on earth. Like it's just so, it's just so switched. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is here now, like mm. now, like why are we waiting to get to heaven when God is trying to get heaven into us? It just, it, it wow. really wow. is um, mind boggling. And, and I think we have a negative connotation. I don't know if this is the enemy. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's lethargicness and laziness, but we tend to think that these disciplines, that they're going to be this like boring and, you know, difficult mm. and tasking mm. and like, I don't want to go read. I don't want to go do this, but it is the most soul satisfying thing yeah. that you can do with your time and with yeah. your moments and with your attention. Yeah, man, I, I just had some time in the word this morning and I, I had to stop when I was in the coffee shop and I just had to stop and be like, <laughs> just wow you know like and those are moments that we i got to preach a message recently and we were talking about how like you don't only need to encounter jesus in this way at our christmas mm. services or on easter mm. or even at church on sunday like, this is you know the holy spirit's been made available to us every single yeah. moment of every single day uh yeah. just in one instance everything can change uh when, yeah. when he's present and his presence is always with us so that's just yeah. mind-blowing to me one that that's available to us yeah. But it's also heart wrenching to me that we're not, myself included, we don't always take advantage of mm. of those opportunities to to really spend sure. time with with Jesus and make Him our sure. first first priority. Can, can I say something off off of piggybacking off what you just yeah. said? Yeah, go for you, it. You talked you just a second ago. You said that um, you know it, it can kind of seem boring and, and hard to get into all that stuff. Totally agree. Like like I'm not gonna mess around and, and say I didn't feel the same way um, over quarantine. Uh, I'm gonna, this is so random, but I, I got into uh, black coffee. Okay. All right. And All right. I made the decision because um, we're spending too much coffee. So I wanted to make it at home. And then number two, I was getting sugar crashes because I would drink it like it was desserts, not like coffee. So I would like get energy for like 10 minutes and then I'd crash for, for two hours, you know? And so, um, I made the switch to black coffee and dude, it was so tough. Like the first couple of weeks were really hard. It was hard to get in the habit. You know, it was bitter, like just in contrast and all that stuff. Um, but I had to develop a palate for it. Mm. And now when I wake up in the mornings, dude, I kid you not, I am not functioning as a human being <laughs> until I make my black cup of coffee yeah. and sit down and drink it. And so I think it works the same way with these spiritual disciplines. It's like, you look at it as something like, why, maybe why would I do that? Or that, that feels hard. That feels like a drastic 
you know, transition for me to get up 45 minutes before I do now and, and then to, to read this book that maybe I don't fully understand. But I would argue that if you make the decision to do it and you yeah. make it a habit in your life, that you'll quickly realize what you are missing out on. And it's a lot more than the taste of a good cup of black coffee. Um, and so I would just really um, encourage people listening who maybe aren't in the habit of doing that. So, something that has helped me, um, just as like a little logistical tip, is uh, James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, yeah. which is yeah. an amazing book on habit forming, talks about this idea of pleasure stacking. So you basically take one thing that you really love and you do it with one thing that is not as natural for you to do. Um, and so for me, like I love black coffee and I love drinking that coffee in the morning. So what I decided to do as like a almost accountability is like, I am not allowed to take the first sip of my coffee until I've opened up my Bible. I can oh, do it cool. as soon as the Bible opens and I start to read, but it's a way to kind of trick your brain a little bit to get in that habit. Of yeah. So hopefully that, that works for someone else. Dude, and that's <laughs> that's what gets me out of bed sometimes, knowing like, hey, I'm about to enjoy this cup of coffee. I'm about to get in the mm -hmm. word, but mm -hmm. yeah, getting that, yes, yes. And let me just say this. I have had to move away from cream, um, cream and sugar. I am all about black coffee now, if it is good coffee. So yeah, now I got to ask, be good. What, is the, what coffee are you drinking? Oh, dude, so um, we get the Stumptown subscription, okay. um, which is, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They mail it to our door every week, um, get the beans. We got the little V60 pour over dripper that we got off Amazon for 20 bucks. Dude, it's amazing. I make a pour over every morning with Stumptown coffee. This is not an advertisement, but Stumptown, if you want to send coffee, that'd be great. <laughs> hey, I'm looking to, to monetize this thing. We're looking for some, uh, <laughs> somebody to support this thing. How about some free coffee? That's right. <laughs> Dude, I've been on counterculture coffee. It is in yeah. from Raleigh. They started selling yeah. it at Target. So I almost feel kind of like not so cool. Right now. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I started not feeling so cool getting my coffee coffee from Target instead of like ordering it off their website. But you know what? It, it's still good and it is it's my yeah. go-to. That's it's what really got, good. That got me into black coffee. But anyway, back to the you know, maybe the spiritual side of things. Yes. Now let me ask you this: what is it so important? Um, this might be a rhetorical question. I don't know. What is so important about getting in the word first thing in the morning, first part mm. of your day? You know, for me, um, I, I know that there are other people who do it at different times and it, and it works for them. Um, and that's, that's great. Uh, I tend to believe that for most people, morning should be the time that we should do it. Um, I kind of had this struggle with social media where I thought it was using me or I thought I was using it, but it was using me um, because I would wake up and the first thing I would do was check social media and check my emails. And basically maybe that seems over spiritual to some people, but I was, I really felt like it affected my mood sometimes, or maybe I'd see something that would put me in a hurry or in a rush. And I would kind of skim through uh, my time with the Lord. Basically it's, kind of the same principle as tithing for me. I'm going to take the first, you know, the first 10% of my check. I'm going to take the first 10% of my day. I'm going to take, you know, my first fruits and give it to the Lord. And for me, it's really a tone setter for the day. You know, it just kind of sets the bar of like the rest of my day is going to be filtered through um, the Bible, through God's word, through what he says about me. And that has proven to be a game changer in my life. 
And that's one of those things, hey, it's personal conviction. It maybe it maybe for you, that's it's a nighttime routine. Um, I tend to think along the same lines as you. There's a quote by a friend of mine, Adam Donier. We're going to get him on in the next few weeks. But um, he says that uh, getting, what is it? Basically get the word into your soul in the morning before the world lies to you the rest of the day. Uh, hmm. So when you just get that, you know, that that's good. beginning beginning of the day, that's just going to set the tone for, for the totally. rest of it. So, so good, man. Let me ask you this. We're, we're, we have a section that we call put me on. And I think it is one of the most practical things that we get to do. I've learned about a ton of new books, ton of new podcasts just because of this. We've already shouted out a few things. Stumptown coffee, again, looking for a sponsor, Uh, (laughs) James clear atomic habits. I pulled so many principles from that. That's a good one, but Hey, what are you on right now? Whether that be, that can be as casual as the music you're listening to, whatever brands or shoes yeah. you're into, anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, maybe some books, podcasts, what has your attention right now? Yeah, dude. So uh, my favorite song right now is Voice of God with Dante Bowie and um, okay. Stephanie Gretzinger. It's yeah. it's so good. Um, incredible. It's on Spotify, all, all the platforms. Uh, I just finished my second book of the new year and it's called Renovation of the Heart by Dallas mm-hmm. Willard. And uh, I know that John Mark Comer is a really popular author right now, and he should be. He's one of my favorite authors. Yeah. Uh, but if you've ever read any of John Mark's stuff, uh, he was really mentored by Dallas Willard. Um, Dallas has since passed on, um, but he's this, he's kind of like the Yoda of um, a lot of the, the good theology that's out there right now. And so um, his books are a little on the deeper end. But uh, like for me, I sometimes have to read the pa- a page a couple times to really get it. But man, it is some of the richest stuff. You want to talk about um, spiritual disciplines and stuff that will really change your life. He is a great author in general, but Renovation of the Heart is a great one. And then uh, let me see. We have really been, my, my wife and I both um, have been following along with this podcast called The Bible Recap, uh, which is basically synced to a Bible reading plan. And so um, I have always been someone who I kind of hop around in the Bible, like I'll do one book and then hop to another book, not in any real order. But this year we've been going through this plan and there's a little eight to 10 minute podcast every day to kind of go through um, that day's reading. Really helpful, really practical stuff and kind of keeps you on target with your Bible reading. So that's another one. Hmm. That's good, dude. I love that. And then again, I want to shout out just a few of the things that you, that you're putting out there. Cause I think, man, you are just blessing the Christian community um, with some of the things that you're putting out. You're having some really uh, cool conversations on your podcast, All Our Ways. How's that going right now? What have been some really cool conversations that not to plug yourself or anything, but for you, what conversation, I know for me, I'm like, Hey, I really enjoyed this conversation. That one, you need to start there. Maybe what is a a cool conversation you've had recently that you're like, Hey, be on the lookout for this one or start here. Yeah, dude. Um, thanks so much for shouting it out. We, we, the first two seasons were interview based and we had some really great interviews. Um, Carrie Newhoff was on there. We had, uh, Hillsong Young and Free came and, um, Alexander Pappas, who's one of their main songwriters and worship leaders. He drops some just gold on what it means to truly seek after Jesus as your prize. Um, there was so many Gerald Fatiomi, who's a good friend of both of ours, man, he came on and just, if you just want 30 minutes of, of nuggets, just listen to that episode. But, but more recently we've kind of made the shift for this season. Um, 
where we're getting really practical. We're, we're talking about things like uh, friendships. Um, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about finances, what it looks like to be, uh, you know, in that Gen Z millennial age and, and try to steward finances and all that stuff. And so trying to get practical right now. Yeah. Um, but it's been a lot of fun, man. Thanks for plugging it. Heck yeah, dude. I would, I suggest that to everybody. Um, another thing you just wrote viral Jesus. Tell me about just quickly, maybe what, what was so exciting about writing a book? What was the hard parts of that? How, Mm. how do you come up with so many words? I know I've heard it's what, like 50,000 words or something like that. What was that (laughs) process like, man? Oh, dude, some days I was like, I was born to be a writer. (laughs) You know, it would just be flowing and I'd sit in a coffee shop and write for three hours. Um, and then there were several other days where it was like, what am I doing? This is trash. You know, I, yeah. I wrote no words at all in three hours. And so it was, it was a lot of um, just uh, giving yourself pep talks and just believing that the message was worth it, you know, but it was so much fun. My wife helped me a ton with it, giving feedback. And um, I'm, I'm really uh, excited about the way it turned out. So Heck yeah, dude. Well, hey, um, so grateful for you. I just want to say thank you so much for jumping on today. Um, really appreciate you and just who you are and the friend that you've become to me and, um, you know, excited for what's to come. Man, I'm, I'm honored, dude. This is an incredible podcast. I, I love uh, how much it's helping everybody. And I uh, just want to give a shout out to all the listeners. Go rate it. Give it five stars. Share it. Um, this is really helpful stuff. And so I'm thankful for you for putting it out there, man. I appreciate being on. Mm, Thank you so much. And I just want to say thank you to everyone joining us today on the deep work podcast. Thanks for kicking off season two with us for any links, show notes, or any additional resources mentioned in today's, today's episode, go check out my Instagram page at Anthony Lucarini spellings, the same on here as it is on Instagram. And you can find all of this in the bio. I'd encourage you to keep up with Noah Heron. I'm going to tag him in some things this week. So go follow him, be blessed by what he's putting out. And lastly, like he said, if you're enjoying this, go rate it, subscribe to it, share it. And uh, Hey, we'll see you next week for episode two of season two on the deep work podcast.